Hi folks, this is Gary Van Wormerdam with uh, pathwaytohappiness.com. And uh, I got an interview here with Pauline Victoria, who I'm curious to get to know and her inner world. Um, so we're just gonna have an interview and get to know you and see what we find out. So first, tell me a little bit about yourself. Thank tell you, us. Gary. Um, okay, so I'm originally from California. Um, I'm half Filipino, half German, Danish. So uh, my parents met, I'm first generation. My mom came in from the Philippines when she was 23. Um, and they met in the Air Force where I was born. Uh, and for those of you, uh, because this is a podcast, you can't see me. What um, my parents were actually honorably discharged because of a tragedy. And that tragedy was me. Uh, and what I mean by that is I was born without arms and legs and all of the tests showed that I was going to be perfectly normal child. I was their first baby, the honeymoon baby, and it didn't go exactly as planned. Um, and as a mother myself, I can't even imagine what my parents went through, but they handled it with such grace and they raised me with such balance of nurture and tough love. And I think because of that, they instilled in me this, this, um, this, I guess, comfort level in being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And they gave me the space to really discover what I was truly made out of. And, and how they did that is if I wanted to sit up rather than just coming to my rescue and sitting me up, my dad would hold my mom back and be like, no, let's just see what she can do. And they allowed me to throw the temper tantrums. They allowed me to get angry and, and uh, cry and then figure it out. And so I feel like that has really been integral into how I approach life now. Um, and so fast forwarding to the present, I actually, well, I'll just give you a quick timeline. I, I went to school, I went to college, I lived on my own independently. I bought, I went into the corporate world. I uh, bought my first house at 23, got married, had a baby, learned to drive. Um, and then we moved to Hawaii when I, after I had my baby so I could be a mom. And so we now currently live on the big island of Hawaii. And I, um, we own a, a few businesses. My husband, we owned uh, an Airbnb plus a catering business on the, on the Hawaii Island. But we, I also run a, a couple things. One, it, I created One Leg Up Productions, which is a media company for people with disabilities. And I have a community that um, meets every week and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and I recently wanted to help Emerging entrepreneurs get unstuck so they can take action and not give up on their dreams. And I feel like that aligns with who I am because I'm not somebody who, who takes the word no very lightly. <laughs> I'm like, when someone says you can't do that, I, I definitely take that on as a, like a, a personal challenge, like, and I, but I want to do it. And so if I want to do it, then I find a way and I just want to help people who have dreams for their life um, and for their family and to help them see that they don't have to give up on their, on what they want, just because maybe other people say they can't, or they even themselves feel like they can't. 
And so defeat is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> so you take on these hobbies like learning to swim and mm. scuba diving and it's just desires you have and you're like, I'm going to figure out a way. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I think for me, it's not the swimming, it's not the driving, it's not, you know, the baby or getting or employment being employed. It's the thing that provides. So swimming to me represented freedom, the ability to not be left on the sidelines while everybody was participating in the deep end mm -hmm. in the pool every summer. So it was me wanting to, to be with everybody else. Driving represented freedom to be able to go anywhere I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted. That was the freedom I wanted to be able to experience. And so driving was the mode, you know, so to speak, of transportation in which I can experience that freedom. So it, there's always something behind the thing that I wanted um, that was my true desire. Well the, the, the thing you, okay, so, so the driving or the swimming was a means to have freedom, have feeling. Uh, it sounds like the thing you did want. Yes, yes. So what I hear when you say that is this desire, desire for freedom, desire to do that. I want to do that, that wanting. Where do you feel that in your body? What do you recognize? Tell me about the desire, because this sounds the, like the origination. What is, what is yeah. desire and where do you feel it? I would say I feel it in my heart and in my gut. It's mm -hmm. like that internal, like, like I need that. Like, it's not like, it's not just a desire, like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? It's like a need. need it what that need when you think of like okay i need i need to drive like I, I want it so bad i need it where is these things like driving or scuba diving or swimming like how would you relate that like holding your breath like i need to get to the surface to breathe or i need my coffee in the morning like there's different like what is need? <laughs> yeah. in, what's the intensity of that need let's say i'm gonna go take on scuba diving um, on the spectrum of need, it, it's like, I almost want to say it's like breathing, right? It's, it's, but again, it's not the scuba diving. It's not the driving. It's that, that freedom, that freedom of choice to know I can, to know to, to be able to say, yes, I want that, or no, I don't. Uh, and like, would I die without it, without it being fulfilled? Probably not. But at the same time, it's, it, it's almost, it almost takes a life of its own. And it, it's like, I, it, as much as I need it, it needs me. If that makes any sense. You, you need the need, you need the, to accomplish the freedom. The freedom needs you. What is, what is the end? Yeah, the freedom. It's like this, it's like um, when you asked about you, the feeling. 
do you feel feeling it pulling you? It's alive. Yeah, so it's, it's alive yeah. and pulling you. Okay. No, yeah, this, this so, is when you when you want to create something, you want to make a change. That that need, the level of desire to where you call it, I need to do this. I have to make this happen. That's when real change happens very fast. That's when that's when manifestation happens. It comes out of that desire so strong, we'll call it need. So that's yeah. that's important. When you have that, uh, I know what that I know what that feeling is for me. I'm curious. And you set you know, like you set the goal. I'm going to do this. I want this. What happens to the internal dialogue in terms of fear and doubt? and how I'm gonna do it. Because there's, there's three things like, oh, can, can I do it? How do I do it? Kind of the mechanics of getting there. But then there's this, all this component of like fear and doubt narratives yeah. that most people run into. Do mm-hmm. they show up and if so, how? When you take on like say driving or? You know what? No, they don't show up <laughs> at all. And I know that sounds crazy and I don't know what that is. So please feel free to help me figure that out because um, so when I, when I was driving, it was a seven year process. Four of those years was trying to figure out the how, how the mechanics of how am I going to drive? And really the hardest part was how am I going to put my seatbelt on independently? Cause I had to prove that I could do it all by myself. And about the three-year mark in the state of California, who was helping me get my license, I lived in Northern California. They were in Southern California. They would, on their dime, air, you know, spend their money to fly me and my, you know, whoever was helping me at the time, mostly my mom at that at that time, um, fly us down, put us in a hotel, pay for our food, everything. So it not just cost them time and energy, but it also cost them money. So about in the three-way three-year mark, they come in and they look at me and they're like, Pauline. And I I just oh, I knew what they wanted. They like doubt was definitely creeping into their mind. And I just said, No, like you, you're not gonna say it. You're not gonna you said, you said no, you, you said no out loud, or you said it in your own mind. Oh, I said it out loud. <laughs> Before they said anything. They said my name. I said, nope, no, (laughs) no. You said if there was any inkling that I could drive, you would not give up. And I don't know how, but I know that there's a way I feel it in my, like you could feel it in my bones. I could feel it everywhere in my body. I know there's a way. We just haven't figured it out yet. And I guess that was enough for them to believe me because <laughs> they kept going. And thank God, because that, that one extra year made that difference between having that freedom and not having that. So, how, long, how long did it take to like solve the seatbelt problem? Okay, uh, yeah, I got to figure out how to do this. That step in itself. Well, it probably took... I don't know, maybe I'm thinking hours because I had to fly back and forth, right? Um, So maybe it took like six hours, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but 
when you're flying back and forth to do these, do these different things. That's, that's the thing. Okay. So let me, I want to back up real quick here because when I was learning to drive, I drive my wheelchair. I have a little tiny foot. And so I drive my wheelchair with my foot, but driving with the system I needed, which was joystick at the time. For driving a car. Yeah. Driving a car with a, is a, you used a joystick, which is similar to my wheelchair, but so it requires such fine motor control, like a, a centimeter, you're like going 40 miles per hour already. So it, it requires that really tiny fine motor control, but my foot is attached to my, you know, like it's almost like a leg thigh thing. Um, so I could not keep my balance and have that fine motor control in my foot. And I beg them, please, let's just try it with my arm. I have a little bit, maybe, um, like four inches of arm that comes like a stub. I said, please let me, let me just try it with my arm. And they wouldn't let me try it with my arm, even though I was like, yeah, I think I could do it with my arm because then I could use my trunk to balance me mm-hmm. and my arm to have the fine motor control. So it would be separated. Um, and they wouldn't, they, they, they dismissed me. And then on my, before my last visit, I mean, before the next visit for, to Southern California, they had met a woman who had no arms and legs and she drove her wheelchair with her arm. So they said, okay, let's just try your arm. And within four hours, they approved her. And so when I came back, they got all excited, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we just approved this woman. And I think you could, we could try it with your arm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how, I, I, I'm like, I was begging you. And sometimes people can't see the solution when it's right in front of their face. And so I was like, I bet I begged them. I mean, so they said, okay, let's try it with your arm. And within a few hours, I was like, within two hours, I was approved. So four and a half, four years and two hours, <laughs> I was approved to figure out how to drive. Um, because oh, that I, was to I, figure out how to drive you. Then you still had the master driving the car. Uh, well, yeah, that took a hundred hours for the training, but I had to get approved by the state of California to even figure to even get a van after that point. Okay. So that was three more okay. years after that. But um, yeah, just to figure out how the tactics of me driving, yeah. you know, four years and those All two right. hours. Yeah. And during that time, your absolute certainty, this is going to happen. Absolutely. I, I have no idea how. They can say no to this and dismiss you there. It's like your your reaction when they dismiss you is about no, don't want to use your arm. Is what? What's what do you feel? I was like, okay. I've always had this. Um, so as much as 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 much as the desire and the will and the need is there, I also practice surrender and trust Mm -hmm. the process also Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if they don't want to try it right now, then I don't get upset about it. I just, I'm just like, okay. And I mean, cause at that point I didn't even know if it was going to work. Right. So if they said no, and I don't even know if they just said, absolutely not. We're not going to try it with your arm. I think they just, it like went, I said it and it just went past them. Like they didn't yeah. even hear it. 
sometimes people are so fixated in, in what they're trying to solve as a, you know, we need to get this to work. We need to find out that, that they don't have an open mind to hear something different. So absolutely. Uh, I think that's true. Okay. So the mindset, the mindset you're describing is an interesting because that's, I, I know that from my experience and yeah, when you, when you set your intent, you have that absolute and, and I think we've all, people I've talked to and done this with in workshops and things like, we've all had that experience at something. Like we're determined, like we had that crossroads moment. We're like, I have to make this happen. I've got to do this or I need that. And that determination, that need, that desire is so strong. It's felt this need and it's determination and it fixates on what we want to happen. And it's like all the fear and doubt from our mind <laughs> is, is like gone. And we're certain it's gonna happen. We don't know how, don't know when, but that feeling of certainty, what I call faith, of absolute faith uh, is powerful. And we have our intent, this is the outcome. And you're patient. Yeah, determined and patient, you know, to, to keep taking action. So that, that fits with it. Yeah. And then it's that faith, faith seeps into other people who are around you. You're like, they tend to feel, or the, well, the world feels the collective unconscious feels, oh, this is going to happen. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 get, we'll find a way. Let's think about how it's going to happen. So there becomes like this seed planted in other people's minds when your faith is that strong. Yeah, which is, um, has always boggled me. Like, even when I walked away from that conversation, I was like, I can't believe they allowed me to continue. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you're surprised. Yeah, I was just like, no, they are not giving up on me. I know it. But then afterwards, you kind of like process. It's almost like the fight, like you're, you're in it. And you're not going to let anyone stop you. And then, and then you, you don't let anyone stop you. And afterwards your process, I'm processing it. Like, wow, I can't believe they bought that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was that easy or something. Okay. Yeah. Or like, really? I carried your belief that much. Like my belief was so strong that it carried yours. Yeah. That happened. That happens a lot. Yeah. And, and when people tell you, you know, like, like that did, you know, it's like, you, you could hear it coming. You probably heard, yeah. Well, they said, Pauline, whatever you heard in that tone, you probably heard before. You've heard it other times. What's other responses that you feel when you're taking on a challenge and people go, no, Pauline, that's too much or should let that go or what, what's your thought process? What's the feeling? What's the thought? And what's your response? Um, my thoughts. I, I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, but it's almost like if they say I can't, Screw I'm like, you. all right, game, game on, game on. We're doing this. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I just, 
you know, it's almost like when someone says you can't, like, that's what I need to like push me. Um, so like, I can tell you the feeling I feel is like just sheer determination. Mm-hmm. And probably the thought is watch me. Okay. Right. So, so now I have an interesting question. close your eyes and say it's, it's the driver's light driving scenario. And they just tell you flat out, no, it's not going to happen. What's the feeling of not being allowed? Crushed. I'm just, yeah. Like, like deep sadness. Deep sadness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Deep sadness. Yeah, because there's also something we're avoiding. We want that. We desire something. And it's like what somebody closes a door on it. Um, to, to me, it's almost the very opposite of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because I don't even get a choice in, in the matter. Mm. Okay. And there's a loss. Yeah, a loss of opportunity, a loss of a chance, loss of, yeah, loss of freedom and expression. Okay. I was just curious because we're usually leveraged in that desire, not just by this feel, this good feeling that we want, but we're leveraged by something of a feeling that we're seeking to avoid. Mm. And so we're like, you know, we're, 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 we don't want that. And we want this. So, so that push pull effect is, is doubling up the motivation. Yeah. Yeah, because like, even though I can drive, I'm not always the first one to be like, oh, I'll run to the store. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, oh, husband, you'll run to the store. Great, thanks. Right? It, but it, I get to choose whether I want to say yes or no. And I think just having that choice is huge for me. So if, it, if it's like, an avoidance of something. I don't know. What is the opposite of freedom? Mm. Trapped. Mm. Yes. What is it? What yes. is it for you? There's a sadness is the feeling. Is it? Mm-hmm. Trapped. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So when we talked and I, I said, you know, like, I, I, I want to know what, how you do these things, yeah. you know, and you, you, you know, these physical things like driving a car and scuba diving. And I was like, and you said, it's a mental game. It's more mental game. This is what you were referring to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not the, and for me, I would say that mental game as I, as I know it, 
Yeah, there's the idea in your mind, I want to drive, but it's fueled by desire. It's fueled by emotion, that feeling you want to feel, the sadness you want to avoid, and willpower and focus and faith. You know, and that's and that's more than just an idea, a mental game. Right. Yeah. Yes. And you can and you can part the seas of fear and doubt with that faith. Mm-hmm. And I would it say, good. yeah, I would say that when because you're like, well, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. And I just like, there, no, there's real mechanics that you've, you've learned. And I am thinking about what you've had to do as a child. Like, okay, I want to accomplish this. I want to be able to sit up. I want to put my clothes on. I want to like, whatever it is, like little thing you started as a kid, you know, that you then figured out a way and did it each time you set your focus on something, desire for something, and then did it, you build faith in yourself. My will will be done. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting when you just said that when my, my mother had me, she was, it was cesarean. And so she was under anesthesia. And so she had no idea what had happened. And when she became conscious, my father was the one who wanted to tell her that mm-hmm. their firstborn child had no arms and legs. And at this point, they didn't know my brain capacity. And her, her response was, thy will be done. <laughs> and I'm a believer, but you're right. My will be done too. Like, right. It's one in almost... God and my will aligned. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and, and that's, to me, to me, that's living in integrity. When your emotions align with your intent, your faith, your will, and, and that's direct in your mind. Like, I want this feeling of freedom. And then you, your mind, you, you use your mind then to figure out how to get it. You know, the mind is, instead of your mind going, oh, that's a cool idea where most people want things. No, you're starting from this desire and emotion and feeling that I want to feel. And then you power it with your will and your faith. And then you tell your mind, like, set this mindset. Absolute faith. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how we become very powerful magicians and create change in our life. And you need to align those different elements. Mm. So yeah, and and you've been you've been doing that. We've all been doing that in various ways uh, in our life. You know, whether we went and got a college degree or um, accomplished things that we've like, like I said earlier, like oh, I need to make this happen. I have to have this. We get that feeling of determination and focus. We're like, I don't care. I'm going to find a way. Mm-hmm. But I suspect like you had to do that more often in, in very focused ways about everyday life. Yes. So yeah, you just, you just became a more masterful at that desire and faith component. Yeah. Oh gosh. Thank you. Thank that's you. my, that's my assessment picture from yeah. out over here, a few thousand miles away. Uh, and what I hear when you talk about things and put, put those, yeah that determination and desire into action. 
So do you, I mean, can I, if this is your podcast, can I ask you a question? To yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm done with my dissection and I don't even know if it's, <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's, and I don't know if it's anything accurate. It feels accurate. It, it, it like, I, I feel like that makes sense. And, 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 and I say that to people that whatever I'm capable of, whatever people see in me that they admire or find inspiring already exists within them. I just happen to be an outward expression of it because my body is so different. And I've had more time to practice things like desire and faith and focus and patience and surrender and gratitude um, because I've had to do it all, you know, early on, since early on. So my question is then, is there a certain level that you think we're each born with and then we, you know, jump off from that point? Or do you feel like this is something that anybody that's listening to this right now could achieve with more and more practice? When you say a certain level, level of what? Like some people, like, like there's some, they say there's temperaments, right? And we're born with, mm -hmm. um, like some people are naturally just happier or some people are just more naturally pessimistic. There's like a baseline that they are, they're at with, with um, I guess, happiness. And then they can be more happy or be more sad from that. That's why they, like, I guess, studies on happiness, they show that, um, that people who- That's bullshit. Okay. Okay. Good. That, that, okay. that base, baseline happiness. That's bullshit. Okay. Yes, please. Enlighten us. <laughs> we can, we can, we can we like take that apart someplace else. But okay. Your, your question had to do, can anybody kind of harness this desire to their will and focus on what they want and, and absol absolve or dissolve the, the fear and doubt? Yes. I, yes. I, you know, I'm of faith, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, that we all have that power available with, with us. Uh, and we've been hypnotized with this programming of doubt from others and to do other things to judge ourselves. We put our power in a self-judgment. We put our power, we put that faith into the idea that we can't mm. instead of the idea that we can. We put that faith into the idea of, uh, I need someone to be happy with, and, but nobody wants to be with me. And who would wanna be with me because I'm, this is what's wrong with me. We put our faith in those ideas mm. instead of the desire for a feeling of freedom from those ideas when I, you know, and I, and I lived that way. And it was when I was with my mentor, Miguel, I realized, my God, I've put my faith in all these ideas that go against me. It goes against my own happiness. And I'm like, I want my faith, the power out of those ideas to be able to do what I want and, and then take control of the stories that, that I want to create instead of them running me. So this is, this is, yeah, superpower of, of faith that you need your attention back to direct, mm -hmm. you know, and when you, and then when you get your attention back and you start putting it in your internally, you're like, well, 
you go work through the emotions and from the emotions, you're like, well, what are your desires? What do I want to feel? And you start working with desire and then you put that desire into action and now you're exercising your will. And as you do that more and more, you strengthen your alignment with your will. Mm -hmm. And as you go out and do things and take action and they happen and they get created, you have more faith that like, well, the next thing I want to, I'm going to work on is going to happen too. And I can, I can create what I want. And then you have more faith about the next thing. And then it happens faster because you've exercised this whole system of creation that other people around you look at what you're doing and like, it's going to happen. Mm. And their minds start getting the ideas of it's going to happen. And there becomes this collective mind of, of ways for it to happen, start working for you. So there's a, a collective mastermind and type of way. So yes, we all have that. Nice. Uh, yeah, we all have a will. We all have faith that we can put in an idea or not. We can put it into the idea we can or somebody else's opinion that we can't. You know, but most of the time it happens unconsciously and automatically uh, instead of consciously where we decide to put our faith. Thank you. Yeah. Because you're a believer in that. You believe everybody has this capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. it's a matter of tapping into it. You know, what's, yeah. what's interesting. Yeah. What's interesting about you is when, you know, because you work with business developers and entrepreneurs and coaching them and what's their mindset. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. that faith you have in other people that they can do something that's a powerful seed for them to go, I can, this is possible. Like that becomes then alive in them and yeah. it helps dissolve their fear and doubt. You know, it was, one of, it was one of the tools Miguel used with us, his apprentices. He would always say, if I can do it, you can do it. And mm -hmm. if you can do it, anybody and everybody can do it. Yeah. And, and what yeah. he was doing was putting us he was putting inside of us this idea that was alive. I can do this. I can get mastery over my thoughts. I can get mastery over my emotions. I can be free of the, <laughs> the monkey mind. Mm. And that built our faith that was possible. And because we had faith, we would take action on it. Because we took action on it, it happened and it changed. And we could see it change. We felt different. And that gave us more faith. Like, let's keep taking action. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like in everything that I've accomplished, I never knew, like I didn't have like a plan. Right. Like, okay, day one, I'm going <laughs> to learn to kick my legs so I can learn to figure out how to swim. You know, <laughs> there was no instruction manuals on how to live my, the way I have to live my life. And so it was just trial and error. And having yeah. that belief and yeah. Yeah, when you show, when you decide, okay, I'm gonna swim, how old were you? 12. 12, okay. Yeah. And how, how long, you know, did the first instructor say, yeah, I'll teach you? You know? I didn't have was, any instructors. You didn't have any instructors. It was just me, the pool, and whoever would help grab me when I would start drowning. <laughs> Okay. And then, okay. They'd say, you catch your breath and like, okay, I'm going to try again. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Like, okay. I, mean, I mean, I would go when the pool would open and I wouldn't, I would leave when the pool would close. Uh, what was that like from nine in the morning till five in the afternoon? Like what time frame was that? No, probably like 10 in the morning to probably like six or seven at night. I just would not stop. <laughs> so you go eight, nine hours in the pool for how long? Mm, probably every day for probably a good two months. And then my, um, my aunt was a physical therapist and she helped me learn how to swim like forward and float on my back. But because she was visiting us for the summer, but I didn't like when you're hanging out with your friends in the deep end, you're just treading water. You're not like in constant motion. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's great, but I can't be hanging out with my friends with my head in the water and constantly moving forward. And so I really wanted to learn how to tread water. And um, yeah, so one, one day we were, so we went, had to go on a family reunion and even at the family reunion they had a pool. So I was in the pool every day trying to figure it out. And one day it was almost as if by magic, I, I started treading water and it was this, you know, again, we we get so stuck on like, oh, it's the physical, it's how I'm going to move my, for me and my one little leg but that's all I had, you know, but it really was about my breath and regulating the air in my lungs that helped me stay buoyant and upright. So yeah, who knew? <laughs> and it was about having enough, your expanded lungs. So you stayed buoyant and keep your head up. Yeah. And accidentally discovered it. Accidentally. Yes. You, you did it and then you had to figure out how, why you're able to stay buoyant because you didn't know. Right. Yes. So then it's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And then I start, you know, getting excited. And so I can't laugh and swim at the same time because your lungs are not in control. So it was like, I start, you know, sinking and then like, okay, wait, I have to figure it out. Like, what was it that, that was the magic? What, where, where was, where, where did I, what did I do in my body to help me stay afloat? And so, yeah, I figured that out and. What yeah. was I feeling? What was the sensation of body? Oh yeah. And then you're like, track back this, my lungs were doing, my chest was expanding. Yeah. Okay. Then you can hang out with your friends in the deep end. Yes. <laughs> After months you know, and, and the fear, you know, it's funny because whenever I tell that story, I'd say the fear of being left out on the sidelines of life was scarier than my fear of drowning. And I don't know, you know, of course it wasn't the fear of drought, you know, it wasn't fear. It was what, what it would, what would's put possible if I could swim really. But, you know, that's, I, I would, I, I think in my 12 year old mind, I was more afraid of being left out. Mm -hmm. It's a big fear. You know, particular, particularly at 12 years old, we're, we're kind of at an age where we start individuating from our parents, mm -hmm. you know, and we seek our, our, our own group and clique to hang out with. And, you know, we want to be with them. When our parents now, you know, within a year's time are like, they're not cool. Right. And, <laughs> you know, we want to belong with our friends. That's where we're forming new connections. And so that's like in our tribal 
primal, whatever those processes are of socialization, like that's survival. Mm. You know, that's growth. That's where we're supposed to be. Um, mm. So yeah, that's, we don't want to lose that. <laughs> Eight, nine hours a day, every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like probably from the outside, there's no progress happening for days. No progress is happening. Oh yeah. Nothing. 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 Okay. Yeah. Just my belief. And, and yes, my faith. And, and gulping water and, and yes. getting help, spitting it out, catching your breath and say, okay, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. And the thing is, I never do anything on my own. So everything I've accomplished, I've had to enroll other people in to help me. Yeah. And so, you know, like I, it was my sister, my best friend, you know, like just, just stay right there. And like, if I, if you see me drowning, grab me, <laughs> you know, for hours. And, and, did, so, and when you're gulping water, drowning, and you, do you feel that panic response? Mm, and you know, they're going to get you. I, I, most of the time I knew they were going to get me, but yeah, sometimes if it was like taking a little bit longer, <laughs> then <laughs> I, I would get a little panicky. <laughs> But I, I also think there's something with the presence part um, because like me, like you said, like by magic, I, I, I figured out it was like my lungs. It was air breath that actually helped me stay above water. But then it wasn't like I was conscious of it. I just accidentally came upon that. Yeah. And then I had to figure it out, figure that out. What was that? And same with scuba diving. And, and then how to consciously do it. You're like, oh, it's the breath and the lungs. It's like, how do I consciously do it and regulate that until mm -hmm. it's automatic? And then what was the scuba diving part? And then the scuba diving, I don't know if you've ever gotten your certificate for yeah. scuba diving. Yeah, yeah. scuba diving. So, you know, all the tests you have to do to pass, Yeah. you know, get take off the regulator take off your mask put it back on underwater and so someone else is doing this for me and <laughs> the first time they take off my mask i go into sheer panic mode that is the only time i've ever had panic I, I, that was the first and hopefully the last time about i'll ever experience sheer panic and i just i was only in four feet of water but i could have been in 100 feet it didn't matter and I they pulled me up. I started like crying uncontrollably, like hysterical. And I had to pull, my, I, I pulled myself together and they said, you know what, you're, it's not like this is anything new. Most people come in two or three times to have to do the test to get this done. So it's okay if we can't, if you can't do it. Um, but the, a guy from Virginia was there to help me do it because he had a special certification to help disabled people do it. And I was just like, no. Oh, oh, and the newspaper was there taking pictures. And <laughs> so I was under a lot of external pressure. So, yeah, I just pulled myself together. And what it required was me to be completely and fully present in the moment. And it was, I think we talk about presence but it was the first time I really understood how to practice it, like the moment to moment presence. And that was- you, and the, You're describing to be completely present. So what are the mechanics of that? Underwater, scuba gear on, they take the mask off. What, what is, 
the mechanics, the details of that, because it's an, it, the word doesn't tell you what it means. So what right. did that mean for you? Um, so my brain is used to working very quickly because I have to be able to identify things that could go wrong so I can get ahead of them. So it meant me having to really just think the thought of what was happening in that moment. So if they, if we signaled underneath, okay, we're going to take off the mask. And the moment I blinked my eyes to say, yes, go do it. I was, every thought was yes. And then they pull the mask off. I'm like, okay, the mask is coming off. Okay. That's water. I feel around my face flooding my, you know, flooding my, my eyes and my nose. Um, and then there's one part where you have to put it back on underneath and scuba diving is so counterintuitive. You know, you bend back your head to put the mask on and you blow out all the air that you have left in your lungs through your nose. And it was just like every so that, little So that step. the mask gets cleared of water. So people understand yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I just, everything that was happening in the moment, I had to like think that. This is very, what's happening right now. Very attuned to every little sensation of the water on your face, what's happening around you. Because the, the thing people don't understand is scuba diving, you take the mask off, you, all of a sudden your vision is pretty much lost and disorienting. And so the body doesn't know where it is, you know where it is. So that's the panic start. And you're underwater. That's unnatural. Mm -hmm. um, so what you're describing is this, this, discipline focus of your attention on the sensation instead of where the mind would go of how bad this could be and the bad things that could happen. Yes. Which is kind of future fearful scenario. You were like, these are, this is every little sensation I'm going to be with the right now moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And was part of that your breathing and relaxing your nervous system with breathing. Yes. Well, because like I knew, okay, I better take in a deep breath before they take off this mask, <laughs> the regulator. <laughs> so yes, definitely. I mean, there was no way I could swim, you know, the way I had to swim with all the gear on, it probably weighed as much as I did. Um, so I was, I was literally at the mercy of, of, of other people. Yeah. You're lacking that freedom that you like in that moment. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a powerful the ability to yeah, what is presence? And that presence separates you from the mind. You don't have to go where the mind's going. You don't have to go where the fear is going. But what you're describing is like that ability to focus your attention. Yeah. Which is it, you know, a, again a skill we can learn. Yeah, and I, I kind of li liken that to like the mastering of your emotions and thoughts. Like, how how do you liken it to? Is it because rather than allowing the future fear of what could happen, of all the stuff that could go bad, I'm 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 taking control of my mind and saying no, this is what I'm thinking right now. Okay, you're like I'm unplugging from that movie. I'm creating this movie about what's happening right now and telling yourself a story, they're taking the mask off and this is happening and you're making the story you wanna live in that's the truthful story about what's happening, believing it. Yes, yes. Yeah, 
And from there, then yes, because you can control your attention, you can control the story, what your mind's doing, you can direct your own emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are, those are self-mastery skills. I can't wait till I get your stamp of approval. <laughs> I'm a self-master. You, you, you have my stamp of approval. This is awesome. I'm just, yeah. You do a lot of you do a lot of the things that I that I teach my clients, you know, that that you know that they don't even know exist or that they've only had these magic moments like, well, I just had this and I did that, but I don't know how. They don't know the mechanics, but there's actual mechanics and skills that you develop and practice that you're like, yeah, you can go do that. Mm. So you create magic. Yeah. And some and yet, of it's I... trial and error luck and like, oh, it it, it fit together, like, okay. And then what was it? And then you can recreate it as you kind of see the mechanics of what desire and will and attention do. Yeah. You've and, totally and got my I, approval, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gary. You're awesome. <laughs> well, and, and yet I still feel like there's so much more to do and learn. Me too. Right? Me too. <laughs> so, and, and if, if this is what mastery is and still knowing that there's still so much more Oh, it's never over. Growth is never over. The, the unknowable is so much bigger. And yeah, mm -hmm. there, for me, there continues to be this expansion that's like gets to be more fun and playful, but it's like, it's bigger. And I just got to like, okay, where to next? You know, yeah. what next? And I can't do it all at once. But yeah, it doesn't mean I've mastered everything. You know, right. uh, I consider it, you know, when I, I, I took martial arts, they talk about like, oh, we thought like, oh, like the goal is to be a black belt. And then, and then you have a conversation with the instructor at a certain point down the road, you know, a year or two later, you're like still taking it. It's like, okay, I'm getting closer. And you talk about what a black belt is. And there's people there in his advanced classes and they're just getting their second degree black belt and the third degree black belt. And I'm like, well, what are those levels? <laughs> and his, his approach was, you know, black belt means like, okay, now you're worth my time. Mm -hmm. Now you've proven yourself that you're like, you're, you're gonna put in the effort. You, you've got the basic skills. I can start training you on the, you know, the, the good stuff kind of yeah. things, more the subtle, the nuanced, you're gonna pay attention, you're gonna pick it up. So this is, this is uh, to me, you know, I'm, I'm working my way through, you know, the next, the next levels of belts because this just gets to be better stuff. Yeah, um, me too. There's, there's, not a, there, there's not a graduation. There's just celebrations along the way, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. I love that. Well, and, and that's why it's so important to surround yourself with communities such as yours, because yeah. it, you know, sometimes it, it, it's, it, you know, we drop the ball. I'm like, oh, can I do it? And we need someone else to be like, yes, you can. <laughs> so, I, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As I was going through, it makes me think of a, a trip I was on and there was, there was a dozen of us with Miguel in this intensive three-week process. And, uh, you know, and he, <laughs> he raised the bar. It's like, okay, we're, we're going for this. We, we thought we'd go for like this intensive process. Well, we get there and he's like, we're doing this. You know, we're getting up at, uh, we're giving up all these things. 
for the month. And it was like, well, that's more than we planned. Uh, <laughs> but like, okay, we're in this bar. And it was like, was it this Easter Lent process? It was like giving up and cleansing our mind and cleansing our bodies from Lent and kind of this purification process. And then, you know, and then, and then Wednesday comes around and he, or that was like Monday and then Tuesday it does is like, well, we're going to give up this also. And me and, and like, we're there in the group and I'm looking around, I'm not seeing anybody else bow out. It's like, well, I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm in, you know, and then after, and, you know, and then like, and then the next day it's like, okay, this is a level of commitment. And we're like, okay, I'm in this bar and everybody else is in this bar. Okay. And I talked to my friends afterwards. So I'm like, what just happened? yeah <laughs> that raised the level of commitment and focus and and expands of what's possible you know along with yes. that so yeah and that's because i had people around me like they're doing it? okay i'm gonna do it like okay mm -hmm. and that happened many times many times yeah is that social yeah. social confirmation of of yeah it's okay to challenge your fears and your judgments and what other people are doing and go the way you want it's easier if other people are going with you you know and, and that's that's like in the community it's like that for me it's like okay, i'm going to challenge my fears and these social norms and what people would say and uh what people think of me and it's like okay yeah i'll do it let's go yeah yeah so thank you for your work you're welcome you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your dream, your desires, and how you create magic in your life, which for you is just normal, you know, a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, it's like, oh, what do you want to do today? Create magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you want to create? And, and you, you have the mechanics of how to do it and you put them in order and you go. So good for you mm. and then you just patient in action. So super nice to talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing your dream. And and uh, where can people find you and find out more about what you're doing? On if the they are, yeah, well, I, I have paulinevictoria.com. Okay. Um, and if they are interested as an emerging entrepreneur to be surrounded by a community that will believe in them when it gets hard. Um, and Gary was so gracious and generous for being on a summit that I created called the Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster Tour, which, which recognized that it gets hard on this journey of entrepreneurship. And so um, my Made for More community on Facebook um, is, it's a free community. So you're welcome to join that. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm just super, I'm super thrilled that Gary um, said yes to me and uh that we get to have this relationship now so good to talk to you again my friend Polly and victoria you have fun enjoy your journey and i hope to talk to you again soon thank you this is gary van warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com with pauline victoria you guys have a wonderful day and i hope you get in touch with your magic and your superpowers of desire and will and focus and presence and attention and create a beautiful life for yourself Oh, and you can learn how to do that and more about that and those skills at my site, pathwaytohappiness.com. <laughs>